It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we have a super exciting show planned for you today. Before we even get into the details, I want to let you know, for those of you that are in the United States, happy Memorial Day. For those of you around the world, happy Monday. (laughs) And you can hear I have a special guest with me today who is one of my dear friends, who is one of my partners, who is somebody that we worked with for six years? Six years? At least that long. Yeah, at least that long Uh, in a couple different capacities. But it's Brandon Miller, and I'm so excited. I'm not, I'm not going to steal his thunder. I'm going to let you introduce the stuff that excites you and lights you up. But Brandon, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Kathleen. It's a pleasure to be here, and excited to talk joy with everyone today because that's a big part of uh, who I am and my lifestyle as well. And I just am really excited about a lot of things in life. So number one, faith and family, but also how we get to take who we are and what we do into the workplace with us, and what that all looks like as far as where we show up at home affects how we show up at work and how we can really get that joy sparked in other people and light them up with uh, the fire that we have going on. So absolutely. That's, that's something that Brandon and I share. And it's why we're so excited. I, I said to Brandon, Hey, we're going to do a show on building a culture of joy in the workplace. Would you come on with me? And Brandon's like, <laughs> of course I will. Of course. Cause this is the stuff that we talk about all the time. And we even, we were working at a business that's really fundamentally creating that. Mm. Do you want to talk about some of your experience of joy in the workplace? Yeah. My, uh, my main career for the last 20 years has been in martial arts training. And so I started training in martial arts when I was at the ripe age of 12 years old, as far as teaching the classes started much younger than that at five. And what I have found was I really had a knack for teaching and connecting with the other students and helping them with their physical skills. But really the exciting part of that was that it built so much more confidence for them down the road. And so as my training continued and as I was able to get in front of people more often, I could really see the impact that I made. And I just uh, talked to a couple of friends yesterday and I said, why did you decide to do this full time? And uh, you had some other things on your plate and you were looking at other directions. And I said, well, really it came down to, I saw how my instructors impacted my life. And then I wanted to impact other people's lives like just like that. And so uh, I've had Kathleen's kids in class with me before, and they've been training with us as well. But countless times, uh, I always say kids, you know, five to 105 get to come in and do class and build some really great skills through martial arts. But really what it is, is the, the confidence that they see from that and how they can see they can help themselves and help other people outside of the classroom as well, too. So very exciting. <laughs> One of the things that I know I've said to Brandon multiple times is that he has a skill and you, you just won't come as a shock to you, but he's a skill that he can say the same thing a hundred different ways so that everybody can hear it. And I'll hear it something in one way and then he'll reinvent and say it in a different way so somebody else can hear it. How, how do you do that? You know, that's interesting because what comes up for me on that is that I do that because I need to hear it a hundred different ways. Uh, if there's a, any kind of a complexity to an issue, uh, if it's boiled down to be very, very simple and very, very kind of step-by-step on the grassroots of like, this is what we're going for, but really down here is what the intention is and how we get to approach that. 
then it's a little bit easier for me to figure out, okay, well, this is how this person might need to hear it. And this person, what's going on in their life? What do I know about them that um, are, are they involved with different sports or have they had some different experiences that are similar to mine? And then I can share a story with them about how that affected me. And we encourage our students and instructors to do the same thing. Yeah. And what I just heard and what you said was meeting somebody where they are, vulnerability, trust, surrender, like all <laughs> those pieces that we, when we look at what people really want, we've talked about that on this show before. If you go back a few episodes, like what do people really want? They want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to be, they want to be talked to in a way that they can actually hear it. And you just sum that up in, yeah, I say a hundred different ways, not because I, when sometimes I need that, but you may need one through 10, but somebody else might need way 33. Absolutely. Yeah. So how do you reinvent yourself so many times to say, oh, wait, this is way 99. I hadn't thought about that before. So for me, it's a growth process. And I find a lot of joy in doing that. I think a couple of years ago, I was talking to you and your husband, Josh, and saying, I realized something that, you know, I am really in my best place and feel like I'm, I'm firing on all cylinders when I'm always learning something new. And, and you guys kind of looked at me like, Duh, like you just, just realized we could have told you that, but they let me come to my own conclusion on that, which was beautiful. And uh, one of the things that I, I learned from that is that I also want to share everything that I'm learning right in that moment with everybody else in my life. So I'm constantly teaching and seeing what they think about it and, and getting some different aspect. And then in turn, flipping around and saying, well, what do you guys think of that for me? And how can I grow in that space? So for me, it's uh, it's it's ever evolving and moving forward, but keeping those tools that really serve me and like you said, surrender, being able to let go of some of those things that maybe your habits created or things that are always my go-to, but I realize they don't, they don't produce much fruit. So, so that one, even when, when you say it, like surrender, and it's exactly how I would say it too. Surrender is this, like this concept that while you and I know it's important, like, we always say how hard it is. Like, surrender is so hard. And yet, I, I don't know that it always has to be that way, but like, what makes, first of all, let's define it. What is surrender? Because not everybody knows what that is. I think surrender for a lot of people, they get it, they misjudge it with giving up, right? With with quitting or with failure or things like that. But surrender is really letting go to um, who you are and then who you get to be. So looking at that kind of future self as well, too. And that's important uh, for people who are looking at growth, just like the people that are here joining on for your show, is that they get to see, uh, honor who they've been, and then realize that they're being qualified all the time for the next step that's coming up in their life. So surrendering to that is that I have what it takes in me. I've always had it, and I can see that in other people to make it through those next things that are coming up. No matter how big or how small that they are on that kind of day-to-day -day basis. There's something that what's coming up for me when I hear that is said that who's the least qualified person in a company? Like, do you know what, who would you think? Who's the least qualified in a growing company? I have no idea. <laughs> I know. I didn't think until I heard this, this philosophy is the CEO. If the CEO is the least qualified person, because if we're in a growing organization, unless I've grown an organization just like that before, my yeah. job is to consistently play into the unknown. So the, like the janitor, okay, great. Like, space isn't changing some of the employees like their job might be changing a little bit and they may be growing a little bit but the ceo is going into totally uncharted territories and so it, i've never been there i can't control it i can't say well i've been here before and this is what we did and it worked like i don't know and so the ceo is the least qualified person and I, that's where surrender comes in mm. like knowing what you being okay that you don't know and trusting 
that everything you set up around you, your people, your teams, your environment, all of that's going to work in your favor. Like that surrender. Yeah, I, I would agree. That's a very interesting perspective. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just something that I've seen, especially having been in, you know, some of the, the places that we've taken businesses together. Like, we didn't know. Well, talk about even <laughs> okay, the move. So share with them the move. I don't even spoil this. You share. So we uh, had two martial art locations. They were operating across the city from each other in different locations. Had a really strong family following each one of those and a great group of students, many, many years in the making. And we decided that really our resources were kind of split between the two, myself and a great friend of mine, coworker, uh, brother, you know, uh, he, uh, his name's Ryan. And he was had these skill sets that he was just doing a magnificent job with and, and really great work having some impact on families, just the way we expect to, to see in the martial arts industry in, in the best possible. And so on the flip side, I'm over at the other location and we're getting a lot of the same results. However, we're doing it differently. And we're repeating these same processes. And really what we thought is we've got these two great worlds. Why don't we bring them together and partner up on this into one space that's kind of equal distance from the two of them and then really see what we can build um, in, in one piece. And so when we did that, that complementation really, really took over. And there was a little rub against that. Like there was some judgment around like, hey, this is not how the way I would do this. And like, can you step it up in this area? And and then maybe I feel like, you know, downplayed or embarrassed a little bit that I'm not doing this scheduling as well as he is. And that is not my forte. I'll do it because I have to, right? <laughs> but definitely not something that I'm really excited about uh, stepping into. Ryan, on the other hand, when those difficult situations come up with uh, students being bullied at school or families that are dealing with a student that maybe they don't want to train right now, um, having those conversations and that vulnerability piece is really challenging for him in some different ways. So he wants to analyze it and go step by step. Whereas I'm like, well, tell me how you feel about that. <laughs> That's the last question that he would really ask. So as we combine these two facilities and coming together, we had an enrollment option with uh, getting all the instructors, getting all the staff and kind of putting our vision out there and saying, this is what we see for this. And it can be really, really cool and magical and we, we really hope that everybody can come with us. And we know that there's going to be some of that, that there's going to be some fall off one place or another. And um, by doing that, it was totally surrendering to, we only have a limited amount of time to get this done. And we've got, you know, these resources to be able to step into, but we really had a lot of things that were like building the bridge as we were walking across it. Um, and then it turns out that we move into this new location. Uh, we were supposed to start there, be live in classes the week after spring break in 2020. So just at the start of the lockdown for COVID. So uh, yeah, perfect yeah, timing. And, and I think what's so beautiful about what you just described, like you, so we've got on the team, I, it, Brandon, who who you've got the, the supporter and the, the promoter and the one that makes everybody feel really great about moving forward. And you've got Ryan, who's really focused on the details. And the thing that Brandon didn't share uh, behind under all, all of that, while all of that was happening, there was the, the actual build out process. So getting the building created. And, and so one of the things my husband, Josh and I, we were in the process where we had the building identified, everything, all, everything was laid out, but then we find out the financing that was all set up to go fell through. And so we're sitting here saying, all right, we got to fund this $180,000 build out. And how, how do we do this? And where do we go? And how do we whittle it from 180,000 to a hundred thousand? And you know, all of a sudden, okay, well, $20,000 of that is painting. So here we are. And Brandon and I both <laughs> grab paint brushes and we are painting 7,000 square feet like 
15 times it felt like. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we're, we're doing whatever it takes to get there. And all those different pieces had to be in place. And so my concern is was how do we get the facilities set up? How do we get the back end so that the people that you're talking feel great? Like our, our, our members, our students feel great about the move mm. and the details are taken care of. It's, it's all these pieces. And when we to stay in joy during that experience. Truly, it, is everybody coming together and playing to their strengths? There was not a room for comparison or yeah. for judgment. <laughs> this is going to happen. We've all got to play at our highest levels. Yeah, it was a big ask of our staff and the people that are around us and of spouses and family. And I mean, all the people that would be involved with that. Because when we train martial arts students, we don't just, just train the kid that's in the classroom. It's the families are there watching and the brothers and sisters build a relationship with the students. And there's a lot of moving pieces to that. Um, so we did look at that and say, what are all the things that need to be done? How can I kind of flex into that position and say, I can roll a paintbrush for a few hours. It's not my favorite thing to do, but I can see on the other end, I could be enjoy doing that. You know, we threw on some music and we're talking back and forth and it was a great time. And at the same time, it's we're all doing this for a greater purpose. We can see what that aligned vision is down the road. And that's why we're willing to step into it and say, we're here. Might as well have a good time doing it. Yeah. I even like, and so there's all that story. And then as many of us have these COVID experiences, like really creating joy in the workplace when there are, there is uncertainty. And of course, like then at that moment, Brandon alluded to COVID happened and all the plans that we had to open because it was March 16th that we were going to open. And then what, March 14th, the the regulate we we preemptively said we're going to go virtual mm -hmm. and now you're in a whole set of other unknowns and it was just like unknown after unknown after unknown and you know the joy in the unknown like how what do you think about that i think that that comes back to uh, number one having gratitude for what you've got right in front of you because we still had great people around we still had a lot of things to be thankful for i know that that's a big piece for us and not knowing what's coming up, but having that belief that like our best days are in front of us still is a big part. That's uh, what we train our students for as well as keeping that positive attitude and not just ignoring the negative stuff, like feel your feelings around that, but understanding that those pieces don't control you. I get to have choice and I'm going to be in connection with these people and, and put the people around me. They're going to keep me in that space. So I continue to have an easy amount of joy and it's, and it's easy to move through those things. Yeah, and I was just thinking about, we're going to go on a quick break. And, and when we get back, one of the things that just came up for me was some of the things that, that you and Ryan, the instructors, did for the families during that time. So let's get into that right after this break. You guys are listening to the Kathleen Reeson show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. And we're here with one of my good friends, Brandon. And we are talking all about building a culture of joy in the workplace. So enjoy this quick break. We'll be back with you here in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. 
professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Brandon and I are over here having fun during the breaks, creating joy, enjoying this episode. And right before we went on break, we were talking about some of those experiences during COVID. And what I remembered was you and Ryan, some of that team members did some really cool things for the families. Do you want to talk about, like, you, know, you randomly showed up at some houses? Talk about that. So a few of the things that we did is obviously reach out to all the families. You know, my first part of being a supporter was looking and saying, I'm going to call every single martial arts family we have. I have a conversation with the parents. Number one, is everybody well, right? Is everybody safe? Is everybody doing good? Is there anything that you need that we could possibly support you with? Um, tons of them being so thankful that we continued. We switched to a hybrid, uh, not really hybrid, but virtual, I guess, right away. So we did all this painting and set up all these mats and did all these things. Really, all we had to do was put our phone camera on a tripod and teach class. <laughs> so that was that was kind of a, a switch and a shift for us. But we would reach out to the families and really kind of check in with them. And they were all very thankful. And we kind of kept that process up, just churned through that list. And we're adding some new members. And we had some members too that they're like, look, we got to step away because of just different, you know, um, things that are coming up with the family. Maybe it's financial, losing jobs. And we just said, look, this is all virtual for right now. Just keep training. We just want you to keep going because this could be the only consistent you have. Um, and so we got a lot of great feedback off that. We had a few of people that said, hey, would you show up and do a demonstration in our driveway for our son's birthday? And so we got a, a really cool, um, what we're seeing now that we're a year past this is we see these time hops come up, right? And these parents are sharing it and stuff. And you go back to those. I mean, you want to talk about joy, like in the moment, holy smokes. And then the fact that it keeps creating joy for years and years to come, those are things that are always going to be there. Um, we did talk about, um, we, we offered up a, a hotline where they could call if they needed a little bit of encouragement or the parents saw that they did something really well. You know, we, we do these red stripes in class where they can bring in a, a test or a note or a project they did well on. And we can kind of give them a little bit of achievement there to recognize them on their belt. But we just started, you know, sending cards through the mail like we have in the past or sending them a quick Facebook message or putting together a little care package to them and just dropping it off if they're having a rough day. So those are a few pieces of what we got to do. And one of my favorites uh, because of the promoter in me is that we, when they promoted and they moved up to their next belt level, they're doing all these things at home. We said, we're going to do a drive-through belt promotion. Mm -hmm. And so instead of, you know, as safely as possible, sanitize all the belts and get them through the crack in the car window and, and all the things. But uh, I got to dress up in one of those flailing arm guy suits, you know, that <laughs> yeah. blows up from the inside. And for me, that was a ton of joy. And I was sweating my tail off for <laughs> sure out there in the middle of, uh, I think it was May or something. And, but it was absolutely awesome to see the parents drive up, not knowing what to expect. And I've got my black belt tied on the outside of this thing. And it was really pretty, uh, pretty, I would just say joyful is I'm, if there's a better word than that bliss, maybe <laughs> to that, to that level for me and for everybody involved, you know, the people 
running the businesses around were really kind of perplexed <laughs> as to what was going on, but it was a good time. <laughs> what they get to realize, like, it's okay. And I think we, a lot of people take life so seriously, especially at work. Mm. Like, you get to have fun. And uh, the other, one of the cool things that I thought that, that happened was with uh, the black belt ceremony and how we really, like, the video even, right? like, talk about the video. That was really cool that was created. Yeah, typically what we would do is every six months, we promote black belts from one level, either they're promoting their first black belt or maybe moving up to a second, third, fourth, fifth degree um, through other ranks. And we have this ceremony, which is really special. They test and about a month later, we get them together and they do a demonstration. So each of them gets to have kind of a highlight, 15 seconds of fame where they can do some techniques and there's brick breaking and board breaking, like all the things but it doesn't make a lot of sense if you can't have everybody there person. So we said, you know what? Uh, we are not going to plan on doing this. It's not safe to gather. We're in quarantine lockdown. And, and I said, uh, probably a week before, maybe not even that. It was on a Monday staff meeting. We're supposed to have this event Friday. And I said, we're going to do a virtual extravaganza. And everybody's like, there's no way. <laughs> no way. One of our staff was like, there's no way you can pull it off. It's, it's impossible. And I thought, you know what? I'm, this just gives me more fuel to do it because you're going to get a lot of joy out of doing this. And so we went throughout the week, we put together this great video of our instructors kind of doing self-defense back in the camp, you know, somebody's punching and the next person taking the hit. And it, it was wildly uh, effective, number one, but also it was some of those things that we see shared over and over again. And we, I get to host it from behind the camera, just like this. And I've got my suit on and my dress shirt. And what they didn't know was um, at the end, we typically do brick breaking. And so we flip the camera around. I walk out from behind the camera and I've got my American flag swim trunks on. That's right, I forgot <laughs> that. And they, I mean, so many of the students thought I never thought I would witness this moment. Mm-hmm. And in person, I probably would have never done that. Um, and it was something where I thought, man, if we need this at any time, it really is right now. And creating those special moments and doing that in the workplace is so special because that's something people won't forget. It's a memory. So they can always draw back on it, but I think it gives them permission too mm-hmm. to be able to step in and do that at work as well with their coworkers. And then hopefully that feeds in family life at home. I think what you're saying and, and what I know about you and, and experiencing that because I was with my kids, we were watching and the moment that they signed, we were all like, Oh, that's so funny. But you, yeah, you not willing to to be so like serious and just be yourself and say, I don't, it's okay. Like, we can we can wear these American flag swim trunks. It doesn't matter. It's about having fun. Like, that breaks the ice and is truly something really cool. Like, they remember that. And that I think in the workplace, we take ourselves so seriously sometimes mm-hmm. and we forget that what what Brandon won't probably ever say is that. The kid, like especially my kids, they they look at you like an idol. Like they, like Master Miller. We even remember when you may not remember this, but I remember this vividly. We took Caden and Noah, they were all the boys, out to lunch one day. They got out of school early, and we took them to lunch. And Caden was probably six; the other two were younger. That's the name. They weren't in school yet. And Caden, we had this horrible lunch experience. He was something it was just really mad and we couldn't figure out what was going on with him and Josh ended up taking away two cars because we met Josh for lunch and I brought the kids down with me we were downtown and Josh took Caden and I took the other ones and he drove to Beaverdale and you talked to Caden do you remember this I do yeah, yeah. okay and so it's like the the impact that you have and had on him 
was so instrumental because he remembers that. Mm. And I think we, we can lose sight easily of the impact that we have on the people around us. But I know for you, like you are such a role model for so many other people that like talk about that. Cause that could be, that could be a hard position to be in. Yeah. The, that's a really cool perspective too. And especially hearing from the families, you know, because that's what you hope to be for the students that you have. And that's the role that we charge our instructors with as well too, as they're stepping in and they want to be, it's cool. I want to be a martial arts instructor because I want to do all the things. I'm like, well, it's about who you get to be in this because people are going to look at you and kind of put you up on this pedestal. Not that you have to be perfect. We talk about that all the time, but being real about those mistakes you made. And most of the times in those conversations, like, yeah, that's happened to me before too. Uh, and as I get older, I've got kids of my own. So now I can say, parents, I've been there. I've, I've been right with you. Um, and being in the business and leading people and, and coaching other instructors and other staff. And when you got to have those hard conversations, it's like, we can look back at this and say, hey, we're not alone in this. And how do we grow forward and get better to, to move ahead? So the thing for me that comes up the most about kind of being in that position is understanding that the perfectionist in me wants to like make everything just as so. And, and the way that I've seen it in martial arts, it's very militaristic. So I get to do what the instructor did before me. <laughs> and that's been a really big shift in our business too, is like, okay, what's not working? What hasn't been working for years? But this is just the tradition that it's been. Tradition's good. We should respect that. And we get to be better as we move forward to, to serve people the way we get to. So um, that for me is looking at the instructors I had before and realizing like, wow, that was something I thought that I just need to do. But really, that's a fault that they had that maybe they just didn't see at the time. So I get to look at that myself and kind of hold the mirror up, say, well, how am I posting a sign about this issue that I'm having? And then how can I help other people overcome that by going through my own journey? And I think that that's what kind of keeps renewing over and over again, my, my passion for teaching and, and martial arts in general. That, and I, all the things that we're talking about here, especially that, that we're, we're creating in the martial arts space is, is stuff that any other organization can look at. One of the things that I just heard you say was really being vulnerable about what's going on and holding yourself in a space that like, I'm, I'm human, I'm not perfect. I'm human, just like you and me. And you have kids, like you, you, you knew that moment when we brought Caden. And I've been here, <laughs> and, it, and there's no judgment. Like knowing that we could do that, we could stop in, and that you would have that interaction. That standing alongside a parent is so powerful. Just like in a company uh, where we've got employees that are maybe we're working with all adults, being that person that trusted at least having that resource within a company where somebody knows, hey, when I'm up against it, when I'm in a hard space, it, my company has my back. So I, there's someone that I can go to. There was, I think I even mentioned this yesterday, the amount, uh, the amount of people that the average person has to lean on in an uh, emotional crisis is zero. It's not like mm -hmm. 0.1 or 0.5 or one or two or three, it's zero. And that like, that hurts me to hear that. And that's the piece that where we as employers, as, as companies, like, we get to provide that. Yeah. If we do, because that's a joy suck right there. <laughs> that's a joy <laughs> suck when you don't really feel like anybody has your back. Yeah. I mean, what do people really want? They want authenticity, joy, vulnerability, support, trust. And when we don't have that support, all the stuff that you talked about in what, what we was created during the COVID, 
crisis like during that time period was really we've got your back we are here for you yes we can train like you can't pay we'll figure this out or whatever that is we're, we're here for you and really creating that I think we miss sight of that sometimes I agree and that's a big piece of what that looks like for me is that when you we do a call we're called Matt chats so like we've got a 45 minute take one on class it's really pretty structured we're gonna do these warm-ups and these kicks and do these different techniques but we do spend a few minutes each time and we always train the instructors like the, the kids are not going to know the adults the families nobody's going to remember what move we did on this day they are going to remember that couple of minutes where we took time to talk about what we call the theme of the month right so may is respect and we have being healthy and we have thankfulness and so those are the times where we get to share a little bit of a personal story like i can share a personal a story about Abraham Lincoln, or I can share a story about someone in history. And those are fun to be able to retell. But when you do get really vulnerable and you step into the place where you're like, this is what happened to me, right? And this is how I dealt with it. And sometimes that was not the best way to go about it. So how can we be better about it in the future? And this is really what we, we get to, because after that conversation, you've got some parents that come up and they're like, I feel you, totally been there. So know that you're not alone. So you get from that just as much as you give into it. And it is about like, uh, we want to kind of put up these shields and put on the armor. But really what we get to do is like crack our chest open and say, hey, I'm, we all bleed red. So no, this is where we're at. Even the, the concept of the mat chat, like, yes, that's something in, in martial arts. But I think the concept of the martial or of the mat chat can be applied in mm. any place. Yeah. When I've seen really successful businesses do that, it is typically a, a you know, maybe it's a story that's shared in a, in a small group meeting or a staff meeting, something like that. Most of the time, uh, it would be far better received if it's one-on-one, -on -one, if it's just, hey, do you have a few minutes we can just talk about this and that? And, and sometimes, you know, for our kids, it's, you know, I, hey, Kathleen, I want to talk to you about Caden. And you're like, oh, no, what happened? And I usually try and use that to flip it and say, he had the best class today. He was nailing it on all cylinders. He was doing great. He's trying hard, had a few hiccups. So having that conversation in the workplace can be a lot of the same thing. Hey, do you have a few minutes to connect? Um, you know, maybe you just ask him, are you open to connection? Because that's a big part for people is that, you know, I want to make sure that it's a safe environment and there's some trust that's built there too. Um, I don't think Josh would have driven across town to me if he hadn't been like, I know we can trust him. You know, not just because, you know, we own their business or we're paying them. <laughs> no, it's because of the relationship that was built there and having those people. I know I can always call you in those moments of crisis. And I hope everybody out there has someone as well, too. That's so, so very important because the community that we have is a great place to find joy. And we get to create that at work. We get to create that through our home and then call other people forward to be part of that. Yeah, these are all such valuable tips about that we can create within an organization and it doesn't matter if you're a gym or a dojo or a, a corporation or you know, a two billion employee organization these are all things that can be implemented so we're going to go on a quick break and when we get back let's dig into a few more ways that we can really utilize like tips and, and tricks some of those that, that we've utilized or even heard about that you can take right away and actually put into action so you're listening to the kathleen recent show pushing the boundaries of leadership. We will be back here just after this break. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com.
That's KathleenReason.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. And we have been talking all about creating a culture of joy in the workplace today. And I have one of my good friends, Brandon Miller here, and he, we've been talking all about just different ideas and things that, that we've utilized in businesses. And so let's dig in a little bit more and talk about maybe some of those things that we've seen from other companies that, that have worked well to create joy, that have opened up kind of space for, for joy to happen. The one thing that comes to me is <clears throat> we always talk about it as one of the few things in life that's a win-win-win. And as we're transitioning into kind of this different time through companies and, and building community together is volunteering and doing something together, even if it's, you know, bringing something to the workplace to make as a donation. But more often than that, think about Habitat for Humanity or packaging meals or community cleanup projects, because the way that that works is, number one, anybody who participates in it is super joyful. <laughs> Number two, anybody um, who receives that is super joyful. They're like, man, people took time out of their day to think about someone else. That's kind of rare in this world and it shouldn't be. And the third part is anybody who witnesses it. So anybody driving by, they're encouraged to go do something like that themselves or they're excited about the next thing that comes up. And really those are where those memories are built. Yeah. yeah I think that there's another layer in there too of when I'm volunteering, I'm making an impact. And impact is so important. When we looked at the, the joy gap defined as joy being, you know, how many people desire to experience joy in their work? And interestingly enough, we, we covered the statistic and went over it last week. So I'm just going to highlight it. It was a Harvard Business Review study, and they interviewed 500 different employees at these very large companies. And they asked, how many of you desire to experience joy? Ironically enough, it was 90%. So I, I don't really understand why it wasn't 100%. Like, it blows my mind that there were 10% that said, no, oh, cool, I'm good. I don't need joy. But 90%. But then they asked the second question, and that this is the, the key one. How many of you are actually experiencing joy at work? And the answer to that was 37%, which led to a 53% joy gap. And, and people leave companies because of the joy gap. They don't leave companies because they don't like the, the company, they're bored with it, they're ready for the next opportunity, they leave because they don't have that joy. And impact was listed as one of the things that actually can improve the joy gap, meaning that people could increase their joy level. And so volunteering's one, even the understanding the purpose of the company. And how many, if, if you said to average employee, like, so what's the purpose of your company? How long did we spend on like, why do we even exist? And really understanding that within our companies. Like, a lot. Yeah, that's been huge for us. And knowing that intuitively is one thing, but then being able to speak that out to other people is something totally different. I think 
Well, for our, our martial arts business, that happens in like our introductory class. So the students come in and they try it out and I tell them, we're gonna go through the same class I did 30 years ago when I started doing martial arts. And of course, the, they're thinking this is gonna be old and crusty and boring. And so as we get into it, there's some physical movement, which is really good way to create joy. Um, there's also some engagement back and forth or some give and take with that. And we get the, the parents and families involved and it's just about getting them into what we're into and meeting them where they're at and, and kind of asking those questions about well, what, what would it be at home? What's some chores that you might get to do, right? Or what school do you go to? What sports do you play? So making that connection with those and then having them experience something that we're excited about, it gets other people excited about it too. Yeah, and so being a connecting impact, we know that when people understand the impact of the company, mm-hmm. that they are, they, and they and they can share it, and that's the piece that you hit on, and they can share it, yes. then they know what they're working towards. Yeah, I remember when I ran my marketing firm, now that was one of the things, I took for granted that companies already knew that, like that was table stakes, mm-hmm. you knew what your purpose was, and I quickly realized like, that was the, that was not the case, and we built a revenue stream around just supporting companies and understanding like, why they're actually here. You know, how many companies would say like, we're here because we have great customer service. So does McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Why are you here? <laughs> or employees that would say, we'd say, why are you at your job? What, what's your reason? And they say, well, I, I really like to work with people. Like, well, so does Dairy Queen. Like, why why do you work here? And when you keep asking that question, you realize that when the company's not clear about what their purpose is, what their impact they're committed to making, how would the employees ever know? Yeah. Such a disconnect. But, and for us, that's something we try and roll the families into and, and get our staff behind as well, too, because we want to be really clear as the, um, you know, what we talk about is we talk about the tripod of like the parents at home and the instructor at the, and then the school teacher. And hopefully we're all expecting the same things and teaching the same lessons. But having that outside resource of, of tapping into that as well is important for us, because if we can get a team together, a community that's working towards a common goal, I think that's always the best way to approach stuff. So you don't have to just go after it on your own. And I think a lot of parents, for me, that's a big lesson is that I felt like, well, I'm going to raise my kids this way and, and do all the things. And, and all of a sudden it's like, but I'm just doing stuff. I'm just managing my kids. Right. And like, yeah. I don't get to really be a parent with my kids. So my shift on that was looking at the long term and figuring out well, what's my purpose as a dad at the, at the end of high school, what do I want my kids to be able to look back and say, when I said, dad, do you want to wrestle? Did you say yes? <laughs> right? Like, absolutely. I'll be cooking dinner on the stove. It drives my wife nuts, but <laughs> I'll go wrestle in the living room and she's got to take over. And I try to make that up to her. And we have a really good give and take on that. But she knows that if it's a, a joyful kid thing to go do, I'm probably going to be involved. Right. Cause I think that, you know, kids are one of those things that brings out in me, but I think even people that are like, eh, maybe kids just really aren't my thing. Maybe it's animals, maybe it's something else, but identifying what that is for you and identifying what that is for your company, it's, it's no different. It's just like getting a whole bunch of the same people aligned in the right direction. You're going to have pretty powerful momentum. You know, I think when I hear that, I'm so, as a parent, I can see that. Last night I was, I was working on something that was maybe a 20 minute thing. It wasn't that big of a deal, but I was focused on my computer and my oldest son comes in and he says, could we read a book? Now I, to be fair, we'd read for an hour earlier. So it wasn't like we hadn't read before. This is the first time he's saying, mom, can we read? And I said, buddy, I, I really want to read with you, but I get to finish this. And usually I say, how about at, if it's you know, eight o'clock, how about at 8.30 or I give him a time? And I could see him kind of sulking off, like, like a dejected. 
and I finished what I was doing. And then I moved on and we read and it, it worked out fine. But in that moment, by me not saying, I hear you and, mm-hmm. and yes, but not in this moment, how about in 20 minutes or 30 minutes and then holding to it? What that actually creates in me is how many times when I was you know, in my physical company, if, if I was, if you and I were in an office setting together and you want to talk to me and my door was always shut, or every time you came to talk to me, I'm on the phone and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll come see you. What message does that send? Like she doesn't value the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And that you're right, because it shows up in all those different places in the same way. And if we're better about that in one place, we're going to be better about it in a lot of other places, too. So that's uh, that connection piece there is really interesting, because as we find the connection that we have for those coworkers that are around us is rallying them behind our cause, even though we're all going the same direction, reaching out for them in support sometimes can just be an exercise of that surrender. We talked about earlier is like, Hey, would you be able to help me out with, you know, this one thing? And it might, it, for me, a lot of that comes up with, this is going to take me three hours. This is going to take Kathleen 15 minutes. So I would really love some support so we can kind of buy our time back a little bit and be really effective and efficient moving forward, um, but also build that relationship back and forth. And um, I always say that it's, you know, you want to go to everybody. So it's not just those same people every time. And it's a matter of like, well, who, who is someone that I don't have a, the greatest connection with that I can go to with this, or we can work on it together. Like, hey, let's sit down and problem solve and come up with some creative. Let's go on a walk and have a walking meeting just for five or 10 minutes about this, because you'll be able to pick up on some things that maybe you never knew about them and also how they're doing, where they're at, and then how you could possibly support them in the future as well. So the, the things that we're talking about, you know, Brandon and I have a gift to love being around other people and being in connection. And we have that promoter space where we're like, Hey, yeah, you want to have a conversation. Awesome. We get lit up about that. And yet we're highly aware that that's not everybody's experience. Like some people would rather be behind the computer screen. Even you were talking about Ryan and in that, that dynamic where when somebody comes in with an emotionally charged conversation, that may not always be somebody's cup of tea. So how does that person apply some of these things we've been talking about to support and still be, be loving and authentic and, and joyful and supportive, but honoring the space that that's a little harder for them? Yeah, I, I believe it's the, the logic, right? Logic and emotion are like oil and water, right? You shake them up in a <laughs> bottle, but then they separate very quickly. Um, so when we are emotionally really charged, it's hard to be logical, but if you're a logical person, it comes off kind of abrasive, right? Mm-hmm. And the other way is true too. If Ryan comes to me with a problem, I'm just like, but this is how we're going to help people. And this is how they're going to feel. And he's going, I don't care about any of that right now. We have an issue we need to get fixed. So we, we get to kind of uh, play in the other space as well and kind of see where that other person is coming from. And I think that it's, um, I've been dealing with this thing, like everybody talks about balance and we kind of have this false sense of like, we're just balancing everything. And really it's about playing in harmony because we, mm-hmm. we get to play a few different notes at the same time, because nobody wants to hear, you know, past your kid learning instrument first on the same note over and over and over and over again. Um, we get to create some really kind of beautiful music with that by shifting and saying, okay, let me try and see where it is that this person's coming from. For my kids as well, we just talked a little bit ago, it's like they're eight, like their experience is so much different than ours. And they're really honest about it. 
Whereas we've got all these things and all this, all this hurt that we've kind of put in the places and these lenses that we see through. So if we can kind of peel those back and just be like, here's where I'm coming from. This is my experience of it. Instead of putting that on somebody else and kind of having that judgment, because like you were talking about before, that's where I start to either judge myself because like, I'm not being the best dad I can. I'm not being the best employee I can or what's somebody going to think. Just a matter of this is how it is. How can I make improvements on that to move ahead? And even something that you said that, it, that if you're okay going here, you're talking about the, with parenting and the kids. And one of the things that came up for me was stuff stuff outside of our, our work life is impacting us at work. Mm-hmm. And if we don't address that, if we don't at least give space for that to have, that that's happening, I think we're underselling who we are. And like for you, I know, you know, if we backed up many years from now, like even when we first really, really started working together, that was right when you were going through your divorce yeah. and we get to honor. It's not like we can ignore it. It's not like you can say like, okay, great. That's outside of work, but you know, this is work, but that's part of life. Yeah. And if we don't honor it, I'm cutting off half of you. Right. Yeah. And we get to honor the, the, the people that people have been and to come to where they're at right now. And we get to honor that in the moment because um, I think we were talking yesterday is like pain refuses to be felt right. It absolutely will find a way to get out. And those things will kind of sneak in and, and seep over. So if we're not in a healthy space of dealing with those and being aware of that consistently, we all know that we can bring home work home with us. That for sure happens. Yeah. And we also bring home into work with us. So if we pretend, and even if it's just a couple of minutes where, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, what's going on at home? And then allowing them space to be able to share for a couple of minutes, because just getting that off their chest is just like, Oh my gosh, I feel so much better that it came out of my mouth instead of just replayed in my head over and over and over again. Yeah, so some of the people that I know, like we were just talking about that, that kind of analyzer space or the space where logic and emotion, what I've heard uh, is they'll ask a question like saying, how are you today? And they really want to listen. But what they're telling themselves is pause, 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 pause for an incredibly long time, as long as that person's speaking. And they might not even necessarily hear the words but they're giving space for that person mm-hmm. to talk. And sometimes it's just about giving them the space. So if we just say pause, 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 then they, they can actually just let it out. And sometimes that's all we need. Yeah, and for people like us, we, we get into those conversations too, because we wanna talk fast and move quick and do, and then all of a sudden we, we cut people off and they weren't done mm-hmm. yet because sometimes they need a pause and they need a moment to finish their thought or, or analyze that a little bit of what they want to say before they say it. And then we start talking and it's like, oh, I don't think they were complete with their thought. And, and we get to honor that and just be like, refinish. I, I did not mean to interrupt you, but, you know, please, please continue. Um, that's a really tough lesson to step into. One of the things that you'll hear Brandon and I say, if we had somebody that was more of that logic mind, like if I was here and Brandon was, was here, you know, however that was, if that person was between us, you'd hear us say a lot are you complete? Are you, because we don't know. It's not that we're being rude. It's just, we heard a slight pause. We're like, that's our moment. <laughs> they were waiting for us, but they were really not complete. And we interrupted. And so we've, we've trained ourselves to say, are you complete? So that they can actually be complete. <laughs> I think with my kids, one of the biggest ones uh, that just kids get to have their own experience too. And how this has really been helpful in, in the workplace with some of my other staff is that with them, they'll tell me something and I'll say, do you want to know what I think about it? 
And sometimes they'll tell me no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it's it's a beautiful experience because I just get to sit back and be like, I just keep keep my thoughts to myself, you know. Um, and and with that is you know maybe something in the workplace is are you open to coaching around this? Oh, this is beautiful, <laughs> and we could spend we do a whole show. So I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna go on a quick break, and when we get back, we'll we'll, we'll give you a little bit on that because we're almost out of time. But we're gonna go on a quick break. You are listening to Kathleen Reeson's show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. When we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about that coaching aspect and when people say no to feedback. It happens. All right, guys, enjoy this. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. For the last 45 minutes, we've been talking all about creating a culture of joy in the workplace. We've been giving tips and tricks and thoughts about how you actually add joy in and where those joy sucks are. Right before we went on break, Brandon and I were talking about feedback. So you introduced what happens <laughs> when someone says something and you say, are you open to coaching? And they say, no, <laughs> no. Then what? Well, I think with my, with my kids at home, that's one of those opportunities I get to, you know, we, we constantly talk about self-control is like, okay, I get to practice what I preach in this moment and I get to hold space to them. Cause really what they're looking for is to be heard, right? I think we all have this innate need and want and desire to be heard number one be seen but then also to be able to do that for other people and even though some people don't maybe recognize that that's really what they want maybe they don't know how to say it so when my daughter Avery comes to me and says dad this is the thing that went on in school and immediately I wanted like okay you're gonna tell this bully that x y and z and this is you know sitting back and saying you do you want some coaching on that do you want to know what I think about it and when she answers no like okay then I just get to sit back and, and be a dad and hold some space for her and, and assign no judgment to that. And that's really sometimes the most uh, complicated part in your head. But really, if you just step back and kind of listen to your heart on that, for me, that's what makes it kind of the easiest. Oh, and coaching, again, we could spend, we'd love to do another show just on <laughs> coaching. But one of the things that, you know, Brandon and I both coach a lot of people and my eight-year-old probably says it best. I say, are you open to coaching? Are you open to feedback? And sometimes, mom, I'm always open to feedback. <laughs> I mean, I hear the words, but you're not really. And so as a coach, it's, it's really us understanding when we go in and when we don't. I, I got advice. It's erratic. I got advice from a man many years ago. And he said, I stopped offering advice about 30 years ago. So he's an older man. Mm. So he gave me this, I took it as advice. I stopped offering advice 30 years ago. And I said, what about the people that ask you for advice? And he says, I don't offer advice. I only offer feedback. Oh, like, oh. that's powerful. The difference, I mean, what do you see? the difference between advice and feedback? Mm. Advice with like unsolicited, like, hey, you know what you should do about that? Which automatically puts us on guard. But feedback, it's a very different thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the experience of my experience of you, again, we can talk about feedback, 
but that that is so it's such a powerful space when somebody says no I'm, I'm not open to coaching I'm not open to feedback I'm not open to whatever that we just shut up okay and that's what he was saying was I don't offer any unsolicited thoughts yeah there's it's incredible how many people have built a business around that but they're like I don't offer advice yeah <laughs> and a uh, big piece of what we we get to do in our our coaching and, and that goes with our relationships but it goes right into the workplace is just understanding that when we open up a space for that there's going to be times where it's like they just want to come and air out a problem and okay and you know it could be look a lot different do you want you know feedback right now do you want coaching uh, you know give you a little bit of time and do that uh, you know but there's also going to be issues where like this is a serious problem like we get to talk about this and maybe right then and there's not the best time to do that maybe it's okay let's set up a meeting okay let's let's talk at dinner time or you know have a family meeting have a staff meeting like we get to cover this and um, we had um, in the past we've had some different ones not too many but every couple of years we have an issue in our martial arts community and our family where it's like we've got this thing that's going on it's really kind of pouring some sand into our culture. Like we get to sit down and clear and then have a conversation about what's our intention and how do we move through this to move ahead. And it seems like in the workplace that happens too. And so that the concept we talked last week about clearing, like how, mm-hmm. how do you actually clear and just clear that space. And I think, you know, to wrap up this show, if we've covered so many different areas and it's really about like meeting people where they're at and understanding that, you know, our roles are really to guide and coach and, and be the ones that are giving the joy. We, we don't take ourselves too seriously and we be the source for that. So if you had one thing to leave with our audience today, what would it be? I would say find the thing that lights you up the most. And the best part about that is that you get to spill that onto other people. So if you think of everybody like a little campfire, if your fire is burning nice and bright, you get to give a little bit of that fire away. If we don't choose to stoke the fire that we're in, do the things and commit some time to be able to do that, whether that's a hobby that you have or something that you're really passionate about, great music as we're dancing on the break, right? Any of those kind of things, uh, make sure that you're doing that for yourself first so that you're prepared and ready to give to other people out of your overflow. So that's, so we could do an entire show just on that where we gave too much of our fire away oh. and we didn't take care of ourselves. but of really that, that self-care piece. Cause I think especially, you know, as leaders, as we grow, we tend to, really be in balance of that. So we'll write that down as another yeah. show. We got so many things we can talk about, but thank you so much for being here today. You can get a hold of Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. Brandon, how do they get a hold of you? You can reach me at Brandon at Corbett Wellness. That's where I'm hanging out right now, or just look us up at FerrellsMartialArts.com. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for being here. You are listening to the Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. We show up every Monday live. Next week, we have an incredible show, so make sure you join us. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.